We'd Like a Word. Welcome to part three of this episode of We'd Like a Word with me, Paul Waters. And me, Stephen Colgan. And Becky Hunter is here, author of One Moment, and Georgina Moore, author of The Garnet Girls. So we've talked about grim things. We've talked about happy things. I'm interested in what you've learned, I guess, from your careers and what mistakes other people make that maybe you could help us all avoid. <laughs> I... uh, you're not allowed to say everything. <laughs> I, I suppose another way of putting this is, is the fact that a lot of authors, particularly when they're first time authors now, are finding different avenues and different pathways into publishing. And, and there seems to be a lot of um, pressure on authors to do a lot of the publicity themselves these days. So what mistakes could they make? What, what are the bad things to do? And what are the good things to do? I guess it depends on who you're published by. And like you said, there are different paths into publication. So so self-publishing is very different. There was an interesting article actually recently, I think it was in the bookseller, about self-publishing and how it's becoming that the, the editors think the, the quality is much higher than it used to be and they're actively seeking out self-published novels to kind of add to but if, if, if you're going down the traditional pub you know get, get a traditional publishing deal you should you or you are usually given a publicist which is what Georgina and I do in our day jobs and I think the the one of the biggest things is I guess an open communication between your publicist and you so and that that goes from both sides. It's not necessarily a mistake that authors make. It's just an observation. But having the conversations and it can be really hard. And it's interesting having now seen it from both sides of the coin because it's very, you don't necessarily, I think, I think hopefully I'm right in saying this is true for you, George, as well. But that you, it's sort of, you don't realise quite how panicky it can feel as an author. And mm. there might be conversations that are going on in-house that you don't realise are being had and they're not necessarily being re- relayed to you because that's sort of how publishing works. And, it, you know, your, your things are happening without you, the author, necessarily being aware of them. And that can feel really, really difficult as an author when you're just desperate to know the ins and outs. So I guess not being afraid to kind of have those conversations and the worst thing you can do is sit worrying at home but not telling anyone that you're that worried because it can just get to the point where you feel over- overwhelmed by it and then it will all come out and actually there are loads of good things happening, you just aren't aware of them. Mm. Yeah, I, th- I think authors need to be prepared, you know, to work. I think, it, it you know, it must be really hard if you're an introvert, I think, because you know, you think you're going to have this nice solitary existence in your writing shed or wherever. And then someone like me or Becky comes along and says, well, actually, you've got to go off and, you know, do all this social media and do podcasts and do events. I think it's the attitude that some people come with to the table with PR. Um, You do get also, you know, some very young book publicists, and it's not necessarily a bad thing. Sometimes they have a lot more energy and determination to make a name for themselves and are going to find creative ways. Um, But you can get some condescending male authors, let's just put it that way, uh, when they're confronted by just a girl. So that kind of attitude really needs to stay behind. And also exactly to back up what Becky says, I think go in with this idea that you're going to be a team. You know, it's it's a team. This isn't this is a free service in publishing. It, publishing is hugely competitive, as you both know. There's huge numbers of books published. Your post bag is enormous. The poor publicists have to move on quite quickly from book to book. But 
it's really their choice. It's their time. It's their passion. It's their dedication. If you make it nice for them and easy for them, if you show gratitude for things they get for you, if you send them a nice present, I mean, it's not rocket science, they end up doing more for you. And why people can't just work out this simple fact of human nature, it baffles me. It really does. I mean, if the one person you really don't want to pee off is your book publicist, they're just going to stop doing anything. Um, so, I, yeah, I think go with a team. What can I do? You know, that's great. You're doing that. But what can I do and what, how can I help and what should I be doing and openness? And I, I actually someone said it to me. They said, oh, well, the thing that you know is you know to, what questions to ask. And I suddenly realized, actually, I've learned quite a lot from being this side. I, I, I guess it's really about that. What are the questions you should be asking? And people feel even someone really confident who's on their like second book who I was talking to the other day, they were like, well, I don't know whether to ask whether they'd send me to that event or whether whether I could approach that festival myself or would I be treading on someone's toes? And I'm like, no, just do it, you know. So I think But it's, let you know, you know that they've done it. Yeah, but let them know exactly, communicate. But I think it's that. I hadn't realised actually that people, it's not so much not being willing to do it, it's just not knowing what questions they're supposed to be asking in the first place. Mm, yeah, that think, makes a lot of sense. I think we're definitely lucky in that. And and having the industry inside, it means you you can you understand all the language. It's so interesting. I had a conversation with a debut author recently where I was kind of introducing myself and explaining what publicity was because some people don't even really know the difference between publicity and marketing, because why would you know that unless you've been directly confronted it with it? And and it was it you know. Um, tell really- us now for anyone listening who doesn't know. <laughs> Well, basically, put marketing tends to be things that are paid for. So like paid for Facebook advertising and publicity, as uh, Georgina has just said, is is the kind of free service. You are trying to get reviews or interviews or events that you are not paying for as the publisher. So, uh, the, it can be the line can be a bit blurred depending on who does what at different publishing houses. So there's certain things that might fall under each category, but. Yeah, I think the, the as time has gone on, the uh, division of labour has become blurred. And so it's great when you get a publicist and marketer working as a sort of tandem. It, it, it's beautiful that that's one of the things actually I most miss about working in publishing is when publicity and market the publicist and the marketer have a passion for a title and you see their sort of creativity joined. Um, and Becky will remember this too, that, you know, you've got that someone to feed off you know, so as things are blowing up, that's one of the most exciting things that can happen, particularly on a debut is something's going off, there's an excitement, there's a buzz, and how you feed it and what you do next. And, you know, because that's, that's the time to really go for it as well, when something is kind of happening. And to have a partner to do it with is is fantastic. But yes, there's a blurred line. So really, actually, in many campaigns, you end up sort of sharing, you know, the the the, the work. But essentially, yes, marketing used to be about big outdoors and cheap posters and buses. And those were the days when we had bus sides. But now it's more social media. And there's a lot of very clever algorithm work and detail in marketing that a publicist wouldn't necessarily know about, about so how to maximize you, you sales on Amazon. And- so you mentioned social media. Mm. Which platforms we hear about TikTok a lot. Some people think. Twitter is so hateful, although I quite like it. Facebook, Instagram, any that you think are a better bet and any that are not so good, generally speaking? The thing about TikTok is you can't, it's not something you can manipulate. 
and that's the great thing about it you know people feel they're discovering things and it's it's self-generated and I think people are trying to manipulate it maybe without not not huge amounts of success and I think there's very specific things that are doing really well on TikTok which is you know romance and also fantasy and you know tend to be a a much younger audience find the platform that works for you because you're going to have to invest time in it it's funny because you get asked quite a lot by authors at the moment about TikTok because it's the new exciting thing and I guess it will just be interesting to see what happens over the next year or so because it's changing and and I think things are changing quite quickly you know well, we've all seen with what's happened with Twitter and whether whether that will have the the kind of same impact the other thing is everybody gets really worried about social media I had a lot of conversations with author where authors where they're paranoid about building up a social media following because they think it's going to make or break the career and yes it can be really helpful but it can only only really if you've got really big numbers and uh, that doesn't happen overnight so absolutely building up the following and I think it's a really good place to engage with other authors for instance and talking about supporting people but supporting other people on social media really does is a nice thing to do anyway, but comes back around because, you know, you can develop this kind of feeling of community and helping each other out on social media if you can't do it, even if you can't do it in person. But really, if you're the type of person that hates it, that will come across anyway. And maybe forcing it isn't the thing to do. I mean, Sally Rooney's the classic example, right? That proves that you don't necessarily need social media and that it, that it doesn't always make or break the, your career. It, it can help. If you do it well, it can help. And if you enjoy it and if you feel like you can get involved and support each other, Mm. but in and of itself, it's not going to make you a Sunday Times bestseller. Yeah, it's a tool like any other tool. I mean, I've worked in comedy for years and and it's amazing how many of the top comedians don't have any social media presence at all. None at all, because because they don't feel they need it. Plus, they know (laughs) it provides a window into their private lives that they don't want to give people access to. That's yes. the other thing, because they'll just get all the haters, you know. Yeah. Which is, which is I mean, you know, because Greg Davis doesn't have like a Facebook page and nor does Jimmy Carr and nor, do, nor does so many, you know, Clarkson and people like this. They don't have Facebook pages for that very reason. It's yeah. quite interesting because they don't have to rely on social media to sell books because they've got telly and they've got other outlets. But for us, us mere mortals, we kind of don't really have much choice, do we? <laughs> well, I think it's also just one cog in a in a big machine. You know, if you're mm-hmm. if it, social media is being used alongside other things, then it can help. But again, I, I just I think unless you are one of the very few almost social media celebrities it's not going to make or break it I guess that also circles back around to one of the questions in terms of mistakes that authors make and I and I suppose it's also about being realistic and knowing what isn't you know you can absolutely be ambitious and be excited about having a novel published and do everything you can but there there does need to be a degree of like understanding that if you do x it's not going to necessarily equal y and that can be fit for social media or for you know understanding that you're not necessarily going to get on BBC Breakfast for your first novel so if you want to achieve something through your publicity whether that's on social media or radio or whatever it is it's useful to have a look at whether that is being done with anybody else you know I uh, can you see examples of an author on TV that's very similar to your book or not and can you be kind of quite frank about that I just want to go back right to the start and the idea that the two of you are on the boat writing together and talking to each other about your plots and your characters and the significant places. How easy is it to 
open up and be vulnerable about what you're writing to another writer, because if you ask them for constructive criticism, you might receive constructive criticism. And <laughs> that, that can be difficult sometimes. How is that? I think that is probably why you don't tell everybody. <laughs> I think maybe you, you're careful about the type of the people, not the type of people, sorry, the, the people that you talk to about it and the stage you're at. So I'm even finding it quite difficult at the moment with the second book that my agent wanted to see the first 20,000 words and she's told me to send it to my editor and I I think it's terrible, so I don't want to share it. So if you're already feeling vulnerable about it, sharing it can be hard because you, you need the slightest knock. Um, but I think if it's somebody that you respect and trust, whether that's specifically to writing or elsewhere, then A, you can kind of you know trust in their opinion and also trust that they're not going to shoot you down <laughs> but you've both got six-figure deals for these books so clearly you know that you're writers you know that people value what you do does that vulnerability still feel as real even after that oh yeah definitely you know, it never really goes away, I don't think. Um, you have to remind yourself constantly that, you know, you have to go back to the good stuff and the good things you've heard. I keep a little file of things people have said along the way that meant a lot to me from people I respect particularly. But, you know, I you know, part of my realisation has been that there are lots of people who have loved my characters, the characters in The Garnet Girls, but there are also readers who don't really want to read flawed characters and who like books about nice kind people doing nice kind things to each other and the Garnet Girls is not for them and it's been quite a, a good realization I've actually come to terms with it and sort of made my peace with that idea that not every book is for every person obviously and when you're having a run of success and great reviews and and everything, you start to get into that slight headspace of thinking it's going to be five stars all the way. Uh, and so then your first shattering one star on Amazon or whatever is a big blow because you just think it should go on like that forever and ever. And of course it doesn't. So I think, yeah, I think I can see that vulnerability staying forever, really. I don't think that's a bad thing. Okay. I think that keeps you grounded. I mean, the first time I got a bad review on Amazon, I thought, what? And when I read the review, it was, not my kind of book. <laughs> yeah, but if anyone uh, says they don't like your book, you just answer, but it would be perfect as a Christmas present for someone <laughs> Also, you do get the people who, who think, oh, that's been overhyped. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to knock that. Yeah, you get a bit of that as well. So, But, you know, whenever uh, anyone's, whenever I was working on a book and someone in the media or, or someone on Twitter said it was overhyped, I was like, yay! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Then I've done my job. My job is done. Yeah. <laughs> Come to us and we will overhype you. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's been a pleasure hearing about your books. It has. Garnet Girls by Georgina Moore. Very good. You've got fabulous cover quotes. And Thank you. One Moment by they Becky are. Hunter, which also has excellent celebrity praise about it. And they're both out now? Yes. They both are out go, now. Go yeah. and buy them. Yeah. These books yes, are both out them. now. Go and, go buy and, buy them. And, and they're not as depressing as Paul made them sound. <laughs> yeah. And Michael Douglas said, read fiction. So yeah. read these two books. Read these two books. Obviously. 
Well done, yeah, Michael Douglas. The odd thing about Michael Douglas is he said, read less, but he meant actually more. That was just the message. <laughs> very good. Uh, anyway, thank you very much, Georgina Moore and Becky Hunter, for coming on We'd Like a Word. Oh, coming up in the next, Jim Nocte talking about the spy across the water. Oh, I have, yeah, James Nocte. Remember him? Yeah, yes. James Nocte. But anyway, thank you very much, Georgina Moore and Becky Hunter. You've been listening to We'd Like a Word with me, Paul Waters. And me, Stephen Colgan, and neither of us are on a boat. Ah, uh, goodbye uh, from my boat. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for Thanks listening. Very much. Bye. Thank you. Bye. And bye.